The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week we heard Jesus talk about the importance of having on the correct garment. When you enter the marriage feast, when you show up at the marriage feast, you must be clothed in Christ's righteousness. You must be clothed by faith in all of the things that God has done for you, in Jesus himself. It's a bitter end for that fellow who shows up at the wedding banquet not wearing the right clothing into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's where he ends up, simply because he would not wear what God gave him to put on. He wouldn't cover all his sin with Christ's righteousness. Today we hear about another kind of clothing, which is perhaps a little bit less passive than the clothing that we wear, which is Christ's righteousness. Today, St. Paul tells you to put on the armor of God, to put on the whole armor of God, not neglecting any part of it. To see how important this is, I want to tell you a story that is familiar to you. It's the story of David and Goliath. But what is most familiar to us is the moment where David's throwing his sling and the rock hits Goliath in the forehead and he falls down dead. Some other parts of that story may be a little bit less familiar. So let's just review. David was a shepherd boy, the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite. And he had been anointed to be king. He was set apart by God to be the future king, to take the place of Saul. Now, he wasn't king yet, and he was just a young lad serving in his father's house, watching the sheep, and occasionally playing music for King Saul. The Philistines lined up in battle against the Israelites. The Philistines on one hill overlooking a valley, and the Israelites on another hill overlooking a valley. And it was a deadlock, an impasse, mostly because King Saul, who was supposed to lead his people into battle, who was supposed to be at the front lines, who was supposed to show them what courage and faith in God looked like, he was sitting back and watching. He had fallen away. He wasn't trusting in God. He was neglecting his duties. And so there they stood in this deadlock. The Philistines sent forward their champion. Goliath of Gath, who, depending on uh, how the words get translated, was something like nine feet tall, and his armor was heavier than anything you or I could lift. An enormous man who was sent forward by the Philistines to taunt the Israelites. So he's on one hill looking at the Philistine or looking at the Israelites on the other hill, and he's saying all kinds of terrible things about God. If your God's so good, why don't you come out? Send your warrior, send your best warrior to fight me. We'll have just one battle, a one-on-one combat. And whoever wins this battle, they will be the master of the other army. 
If you lose, you'll be our slaves. If we lose, if I lose, we'll be your slaves. Goliath had every reason to be confident. He was a champion. He was bigger than all the rest, and he could see the terror that he wrought in his foes. They were afraid. They just stood back and listened to the terrible things he said about God, to the way that he taunted them. They were inactive. They were passive. They didn't have anything to do. Least of all did Saul. What was he going to do? Was he going to go out and fight Goliath? Was he going to go and risk his life for the sake of his people? Now David, who was a shepherd boy, came out to see the battle. Not really just to look at the battle, but because his father had sent him to bring some provisions for the army, some bread and some cheese. And so he showed up to the battle and he saw what was going on. He saw the Philistines standing there, taunting the people of Israel, and he was alarmed. You're just going to stand there and let this guy say all kinds of terrible things about you and about your God? I don't care that he's nine feet tall. He's blaspheming. He's blaspheming the name of the Lord. So while all of Israel, and Saul included, stood there, inactive, without any confidence or any clarity about what they should do, here comes this young shepherd boy, and to him it is obvious, this plain as day, somebody needs to go and confront that guy. And when he looks around and finds out that nobody is willing to do it, and in fact, he's told by his brothers to just back off. Here, we're, all, we're just going to be spectators here. We're just going to see what's going to happen. You came out just to kind of uh, gloat and just gawk at the battle. David says, no, no. I know what needs to be done. I will fight him. I'm going to fight Goliath. Now, Saul thinks this is a terrible idea. You're just a kid, he says. But David is insistent. He says, look, I'm a shepherd, and I know what it is to fight. When a bear or a lion comes, I grab him by the beard, and I send him running. This is not that hard. What's this Philistine in comparison with those enemies? Now, it is to Saul's discredit that he lets David do it, that he lets David fight for him. He should have taken David some, of, some of David's confidence for himself. But instead, what he offers David is his own armor. He says, okay, you're going to go into battle, but first you must wear my armor. And you know this scene. David puts on the armor, and it is clunky. He hasn't tested it. It hasn't been proven. It does not fit him. He cannot wear it into battle. And in fact, if he were to wear it into battle, he would almost certainly lose. It has not been proven. It won't help him one bit. And that is in spite of the fact, pay attention to this, that is in spite of the fact that it is a kingly royal armor. This is almost certainly the best armor anyone in the army has. And yet it is not the armor that is fit for this battle. So David leaves the armor aside. He sets it aside and he goes down to the stream and he picks up five smooth stones. And he goes and confronts the Philistine wearing just his ordinary clothes, but armed with something, something much better. This is what St. Paul means when he says that you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. David knew that he was not wrestling against flesh and blood. Even though there in front of him was a whole lot of flesh and blood, David knew that he was wrestling against the devil who would tempt him to doubt his God. He was wrestling against the powers of darkness that would lead him to despair. He knew that the armor he needed most of all was faith, trusting in God's promises. Listen to what David says when he comes and confronts the Philistines. Philistine. David says, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the field, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David had put on, although he looked practically naked in comparison with the rest of the army, David had put on the whole armor of God. The truth of God, the righteousness of Jesus, salvation from God, faith. He had the word of God on his lips, on his tongue. And so David, although he looked totally unprepared for battle, was completely fit, completely protected by his heavenly Father. This is the admonition for you today. Do not be like King Saul, sitting on the sidelines, watching from afar. Do not be like King Saul, thinking that the most royal, the most impressive armor is what is going to protect you in battle. Instead, be like David. Put your confidence in God. Put on the whole armor of God, trusting, trusting that it is the Lord who fights for you. Now, you are not facing a giant, a nine-foot giant who is threatening the armies of Israel. You are not facing that. In your, I don't think any of you is facing that. Tell me if you are, because I want to see it. None of you is facing a giant like that in your life. But you are nonetheless waging war against the devil and the forces of darkness who are trying all the time to rob you of faith and to lead you into despair. And it is important for you to know that you cannot be a spectator in this battle. The Christian life is not a spectator sport. It is active. It is involved. This is why Paul is full of commands, things for you to do. Put on the whole armor of God. You're not sitting on the bench any longer. You're in the fray. You must fight. You must fight. You are not a spectator. You cannot be a spectator. You have to know what you are about in this life, what you are for. You have to have the kind of confidence that David had when he came into battle, where it was obvious, even though he was a shepherd boy, it was obvious to him what had to be done. He could see it so clearly with his eyes. You can see it so clearly with your eyes, all that needs to be done in your life. All that needs to be done in your life because you have been baptized into Christ. All that needs to be done in your life, in your struggle against sin, you can see it, you know the sin in your life, you know the temptations you face, you can see them. And so you know what must be done. You know how your flesh must be put to death, how it must be crucified, how it must be put away. You know. You can see it. Hold on to that clarity. You also know in your life the love that you must show to your neighbors. You know in your life the people who suffer because they lack love, the people who are afflicted because they are tempted by the devil and led into false belief. You know those who suffer in their flesh, in their bodies. You know all of the people in your life whom you must love. You see them. And so you can have this clarity and confidence. The world wants you to, distract, to be distracted with all kinds of other things. The world wants you, like Saul, to think of this battle as something kind of on the side. It's an inconvenience. Oh, we have to fight the Philistines. That's not how it is at all with you. In the struggle against sin and in the struggle towards love, loving your neighbors, this is all there is. This is your life. Everything else that tries to take its place, everything else that tries to push its way in, 
is the side matter. Those are the things that don't matter. Those are the things that go away. It is this. It is struggling against your flesh. It is loving your neighbors. That is where the battle is fought. That is what must be faced. That is the confidence that David had. It was clear as day to him. It can be clear as day to you. You know. You know what you must do. You know where you are lacking. You know where you need strength. Look at yourselves and see. See how much you need the armor of God. See how desperately you need his help so that in that evil day you will be able to stand because on your own you will not. Without the armor of God you will not stand on the last day. Without the armor of God you can do nothing against the devil. You're like a lamb in the face of a lion. You cannot do anything against the powers of, the dark, of darkness on your own. And so... Put on the armor of God. Put on the armor that fits. Put on the armor that is suited for this battle. It is not the kind of armor that the world thinks you should wear. All of the things that are impressive to the world, material success, having a good career, having a good job, feeling fulfilled in life, being happy or content or at ease or comfortable, those are the kinds of pieces of armor that the world wants you to put on. The world wants you to have peace of mind with all of the things that it gives you. It wants you to feel safe and secure, hidden behind all of its defenses. But you know what those are worth. You know how things tumble down so easily. You know the story that Jesus told about the fellow who had an exceptional harvest and filled his barns and said, look, I've got to build more barns so I can keep all of this grain. Soul, he says, he speaks to his own soul. Soul, eat, drink, and be merry, for we have plenty. We are secure. We're safe. We're wearing this best, of arm, best armor of all. And God says to him that night, tonight your soul is required of you. The armor that the world would have you put on is useless. Examine your life and see. All of the places where you try to protect yourself, all of the places where you try to hedge against the future, all the places where you worry about material things, about flesh and blood, and see, see that those defenses are useless. They're not what you need. They're not what you need most of all. Instead, pay attention to this. Listen to the details of what St. Paul says the armor of God consists of. The belt of truth. Truth. Jesus himself, who is the truth. That's what you need. Again, the world's armor is full of lies and deception and delusion. You need the truth. The truth about sin and its wages. You need the truth about what God has done for you. You need the truth about what righteousness looks like. You need the truth. You need righteousness. That is Christ's righteousness, which covers all of your sin. For all of you are brought into this battle. All of you are brought into this fray by means of baptism, where Christ made you his own and gave you his own life. He covered all of your sin, washed away all of your sin, and made you alive in him. That is what you need. That's what protects your heart. Christ's righteousness. Wear it always. What you need is the readiness of the gospel of peace, which Paul says are your shoes, which is what you use when you see need around you. When you see sin in your life to struggle against, you run away from sin and towards grace. When you see those who need compassion and love in your life, you run towards them so you can help because you have the good news that cures every ill. You have the gospel of peace. You put on the shield of faith. 
trusting in God, keeping those words that David spoke, keeping those words in your heart and in your ears and on your lips at all times. It is the Lord who fights for you. It is the Lord's battle. It is his weapons that win the day. Put your trust in him. Wearing the helmet of salvation, confident that in the end, though you may be battered and bruised in this battle, though you may suffer injuries, though you may suffer, even to the very end, salvation is yours because the victory has been won in Christ Jesus. This is the great thing about being a soldier in an army like this, is that your commander, your chief, unlike Saul, has led the way into battle and has already vanquished your foe. He has already defeated the devil. He's crushed his head And so what can he do against you? How can he hurt you? Your salvation has been secured in Christ Jesus, and so you are free to fight. Your role in this battle is much more like all of the people of Israel who, after David had defeated defeated Goliath, go chasing the Philistines who are already running with their tails tucked between them, their legs. They're ready to go. The Israelites are ready to go because the battle has already been won. They know that victory is at hand, and so... And so, salvation is yours. So, you can put on the armor and fight, wielding the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You cannot spend too much time with God's Word. You cannot spend too much time hearing the promises of God, hearing the promises of your Savior. You cannot spend too much time hearing His encouragement how he wants to lift you up in this battle so that you can fight confidently and with boldness. You cannot hear him too much. You cannot wield that sword too strongly. Have your ears open all the time. Fill your ears. Fill your moments in every day with God's word. And you will stand. This is the promise. This is the promise that Paul gives you in putting on the armor of God. You will stand. The shield that you bear will deflect all of the flaming darts of the devil. You will stand because you are standing in God's might. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who died to redeem you, the one who poured out his blood to save you, you will stand. So be strong and courageous. Put on the whole armor of God. Be confident. Be confident and pray. Pray that he will support you in every need. Pray that he will make good use of you. And he who is faithful, he who is faithful, will certainly do it. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.